0: on
1: command WXDX-FM. It's
0: bird. now there's a report the Penguins are talking to Montreal about Pacioretty I don't know Montreal really needs a center I'd trade Broussard for Pacioretty that would be alright anywho DeMarcus Cousins signed with Golden State The best big man in the league, or pretty close. Golden State has won three out of the last four years. They swept Cleveland in the final last year. And now they're going to kill everybody and win it again. And everybody knows it, which means the NBA is ruined. The players have taken power in the NBA, and it's ruined the league. It's not even going to be fun for Golden State. It's like if Sid, McDavid, Matthews, Hedman and Dowdy all maneuvered their way to the same team in the NHL, and then Tavares and Holtby signed too. Uh, Players just get paid. They don't need to sell tickets. And since the players don't care about ticket sales, that trickles down to not caring about the fans. Seriously, the NBA is ruined. The only thing LeBron is in L.A. for now is to start his movie career. When the Celtics in Boston. Won 11 out of 13 championships from 1957 through 69. People look back at that as a great dynasty, which it was, and as a golden era for the league, which it wasn't. The truth is, Boston couldn't even sell out their home games. They were so good they were boring, and it wasn't long after that. The NBA Finals won tape delay on late-night TV. That was in the early 80s. Magic and Bird saved the NBA, and now Golden State is ruining it. The basis of sports as entertainment is competition and suspense. The NBA no longer has that. Sick Again brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. I can't believe England conceded a goal in injury time. Columbia ties at 1 1, and now. It's going to extra time. 30 minutes, not sudden death, which is good. It's something to watch during this show instead of paying attention to the show. Conceding that goal eight is so England. It is so England. That's like Winston Churchill dipped in the queen. So England. Boy, that's kind of a weird picture I just inadvertently painted. uh DeMarcus Cousins signed a one-year deal. Cheap. I think it was five mil. You wonder how could a team like that be assembled with a salary cap, but the NBA has a soft cap. There's too many exceptions and too many ways to screw with it. This doesn't matter to me. I don't like basketball. But because of this, a lot less people are going to like basketball. I wonder how the networks feel that televised the NBA. Uh, the Turner Networks, ESPN, ABC, because this will hurt the game. This will diminish interest and ratings. Uh, LeBron's in trouble. The Lakers might not make the playoffs. Instead of bringing in Kawhi, the Lakers are bringing in all the problem children like Rondo. L.A. is going to be a miss. The Lakers got the best player in basketball, and Golden State still widened the gap. But LeBron started that mess with that stack team in Miami. That gave birth to the concept. Uh, to be fair, NBA ratings were up eight percent this past year. NFL ratings were way down because of the take and E thing. But Cousins signing with Golden State will not help the NBA. Golden State will win the championship. It's written in stone. It's guaranteed. That does not help. The NBA. Let's go to uh, Corey in the car. Corey, you're on the Mark Madden Show. What up, Big Sexy? What up, man? Well, my
2: first question, you kind of answered already regarding if the NHL was to build a super team, who would you have on it uh, with current players? Who are your starting six beat I think you kind of just went over that.
0: Uh, couple well, of I, I, I named three centers. I named Sid McDavid and Matthews, but uh, you, you get my drift. It It's so tough to do in hockey, though because of the uh, frequent substitution, because you're rolling lines. In the NBA, you can use seven or eight players in the game if you want. Now, in the NBA,
2: let's say you're probably right in where Golden State's going to win again. If they see a ratings drop, do they make adjustments? I think the caps, the it's 101, 101 million a year, I think.
0: Well, ag- again, like, I'm not familiar with the nuances of the NBA cap system, but are there there's exceptions I know it's considered a soft cap. There's like the veteran exception or the veteran minimum, or you know, like you can get guys in there on the cheap if they're willing to go to a good team and play for a lesser amount to win a championship. Right, right. There's you know, so so that's what's happened in Golden State. But again, the primary reason it's possible in basketball is because it only takes three or four great players to make a dynasty, and Golden State has. I mean, my God, they, they have have—they're almost like the Celtics were, yeah, in the fifth, in the uh, '60s, early, uh, late, late '50s through the '60s, where their guys off the bench are better than most team starters. Yeah, they
2: definitely have five All Stars start too.
0: Well, yeah, and, but past that on the bench too, they're still really good. Let's go to Matt and Cranberry. Matt, you're on with the, with Mark Madden.
2: Hey, Mark, uh, just a quick question. I was wondering if you think with the signing of Dvorace pretty much ensure that uh, the American Austin Matthews will never wear the C in Toronto. They act like it's the Holy Grail.
0: Who's the captain in Toronto right now? None. They haven't had one in right. a while. Right, they're, they're using the alternates, right? Correct. Like Las Vegas Like Las Vegas, done. Correct. Yeah, I, see, I don't think the captaincy in hockey is nearly as big a deal as it is in soccer. I think soccer's the only sport where the captaincy really matters because with very limited substitution... The captain has to act like a coach and a marshalling force on the field. I think that's the only sport where really matters. Uh, I do think Austin Matthews will chafe over sharing the spotlight with Tavares. And, yeah, maybe if Tavares gets the captaincy ahead of him, maybe he won't like that too. Uh, In fact, I've heard people say in the past couple days that one reason they got Tavares is because they're not sure they're able to keep Matthews in the long run because he's become a pain in the ass.
3: Oh, really? Okay. I've
0: heard he wants max money, period. Now, he's a restricted free agent, this next contract, so I don't know if he's going to max out, but uh, but but just it, it's just going to be a weird situation where you're right, they have the American superstar, and they brought in the Canadian superstar to perhaps jump ahead of him on the depth chart. The Toronto hometown guy, yeah, very it just
2: seems, it interesting. Seems like they're a little anti-American.
0: No, they're just pro-Canadian. <laughs> no, I don't think Toronto. If Toronto was anti-American, they would have traded Matthews by now, or, or, or you know, not drafted him in the first place. Although, how could you not draft him? There was no way they weren't. But uh, I, I don't know. Again, I heard Matthews is, is kind of changed for the worse in terms of being demanding and persnickety over the last year, as reflected by him firing his agent and telling his new agent, it's Bobby Orr's group, that he wants to get every dime he can. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We got Stan Savern at the bottom of the hour, so if you want to get calls in, now is your chance. Let's reset. Uh, Golden State's a lock to win the NBA. If that was your team in any sport, would you think it would be fun to have a team that was locked to win the league? Four one two three 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 W X D X. If what Matt Cullen told us at three fifteen is any indication, he may be moving to wing. How would that suit the Penguins? And Matt Cullen four one two three 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 W X D X. The Pirates got beat seventeen to one last night. How funny was that? I mean, okay. I hate to make fun of them. Okay, that's a lie. I love to make fun of him. I'm flipping a dial. I turned on the game last night, and I see the first inning. The Dodgers bat. Nick Kingham, who I'm a fan of, who I think they've done dirty and may be unsettled by shuffling him back and forth between AAA and the Major Leagues all year long. Nick Kingham gets the start, makes two errors in the first inning, and another misplay. Like he played a, a ball into an infield single to the pitcher and made two errors on top of that. So you turn on, and it's like... Dit, 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 it's just a clown act. They can't even make the simple plays. It's 2 nothing right away. It's 10 nothing after four. It's like the game I turned on the other night. Was that was that the San Diego game, or was it a, a home game against somebody? I forget, but I turn on the third inning, and it's 8 nothing. I mean, it's a mean scene right now. And if if they hadn't started out 26-17, and 17, let me... Let me do my powers of math here. They're now 40 and 44. They started out 26 and 17. That means since then they're, yikes, 14 and 27. Yikes. And you know what? They look that bad. You know how you pass the eye test when you look good? They're 14 and 27 since that start. And they're funking the eye test every time. Especially last night when they played that Little League first inning. That's what I call it when you make a bunch of errors in the same inning. The Little League inning. Although most Little League coaches would have been ashamed of what transpired in Los Angeles last night. You see that throw Puig made? It was like a meaningless throw from right field because the game was, you know, decided. But he threw like a one-hopper. No, it was on the fly. He makes so many good throws. That guy... I'm not going to compare him to Clemente, not by a long shot. But if anybody comes close to having that cannon arm like Clemente, it might be Puig from the Dodgers. 1059 x Now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, big fan, big fan. Hey, yo. Well, I'm not sure. It's just big and it's soft and I use a bunch of pillows and I snore. The X at 1059. Tomorrow's July 4th. Uh, what are your plans? wonder what Jason Pierre-Paul's plans are. He can give you three good reasons not to play with fireworks. He used to be able to give you five. Double M on the X, four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine 9939 is the number to call. Let's have a free phone Friday here on Tuesday. Because honestly, I don't know what to say about the Pirates. Here's the best topics right now. The best topics are the Warriors adding DeMarcus Cousins and ruining the league, except nobody here in Pittsburgh cares about the NBA. The World Cup's a great topic. Columbia's scoring an injury time to send their round of 16 match with England into extra time. They're currently in the first extra period with the score tilt tied at 1-1. But you don't want to talk about that either. In fact, at 5 o'clock, I'm going to talk about how frustrating this time of year can get for doing sports talk. And If you don't care about that, I don't care that you don't care because chances are you're not in the car anyway. You've long since been home. Ratings today aren't going to be great. So if I want to tank it, I can tank it, and I don't think I'll pay a price for it. I I still can't get over those two nitwits on the NFL network, though. Saying the Steelers would go 10-6, and but lose twice to Cleveland. Now, that's it. That's it. And I've been saying this. The Steelers opened the season at Cleveland. Cleveland is much better than they were. And Pittsburgh's going to be just having had Lev Bell show up. I'm not going to say Cleveland will win that game. And I'm not even going to say Cleveland will cover the spread because I don't know yet what the spread is. I will say for sure, for absolute certain, Pittsburgh is vulnerable in that game. That game of Cleveland, week one, Pittsburgh will be vulnerable. Let's go to Dan in Indiana. Dan, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, thanks for taking the call.
2: I disagree with you that Pittsburgh is not a good basketball market. I'm actually going to work to eventually bring an NBA team here. In Pittsburgh, you are. But, you uh, are. Yeah, absolutely. You have uh, the absolutely. money, huh? It, no, we'll make it happen. But I think what the yeah, Warriors, Dan, what are your
0: qualifications... To... Shut up, Dan. What are your qualifications to bring an NBA team to Pittsburgh?
2: Uh, diehard NBA fan. I organized a, uh, a game against the Steelers last year up in Indiana at IU.
0: Oh wow, a, ga- a charity game against the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm convinced. Let me know how much the season rolling. tickets are for your NBA team, buddy. All right, now what
2: happened when they added Cousins is they're so loaded on talent now it almost makes it like the Harlem Globetrotters rolling into whatever city to play the local yokel, um, you know, Washington general team. Well, they're not
0: local yokel. They travel on the road with them, and the results of those games are preordained. Yeah, and I think
2: what also you're going to see in the NBA next year is the NBA is going to react by really calling tight uh, games uh, for teams against Warriors because you have three guys that are are three of the leaders in terms of technical fouls in the league with Durant and Draymond Green. Yeah,
0: that that Uh, won't keep it close.
2: Yeah, well, we'll see. At least the East will be fun to watch with the Celtics and the Sixers. And, yeah, and let me know how it up. goes
0: and let, make sure I get a season ticket brochure for your NBA You're franchise. It. Thank you for the call. Yikes. By the way, this just moving on Twitter. The Warriors will be the first team in NBA history to have three players who averaged 25 points per game the year before. The Warriors now have three of the top six scores in the NBA over the last three seasons. There are 14 players who have been selected as an all-star in each of the last three seasons. Five of them are now on the Warriors. No other team has more than two. It's a super team. It's absolutely loaded. Let's go to Daryl and Daryl, you're on with Double M. Hey,
2: Mark. Uh, you said something about maybe Pacioretty trade to the Penguins. I can't see any rumors like that. Where do you? I just where did you find that website? Uh, what, what, what was the source
0: on that rumor? It was tweeted by a hockey writer in Montreal. Oh, okay, thanks, buddy. But I think it is just a rumor. It's Pacioretty. Max Pacioretty. the Montreal winger. Would I trade Broussard for him? Pacioretty has one more year left on his deal. So does Broussard. I would probably make that trade. Then again, Pat is coming off a down year. He just uh, just scored 17 goals last year. That was his worst year. Well, I don't know of his career, but his worst year in in quite some time. Let's go to Apollo in Bakerstown. Apollo, you're on with Double M.
2: Hi. Uh, I was calling about the Warriors. They did add Cousins, which is going to make them crazy next year. Uh, but they did have trouble getting past the Rockets. They had to take it to a Game 7 And Chris Paul got hurt in Game 4, which made it a little more lopsided in the last two games. But it was very
0: close coming out of the West. Yeah, but don't you think Cousins will open that gap a little bit? I think so. Yeah, I mean, there's no good for the league coming from DeMarcus Cousins signing with Golden State. By the way, here's that note on Pacioretty. He had 17 goals last year. That was the first season uh, dating back to 2011-12. The first season in which he didn't score uh, 30 goals or more. Well, the strike season, 12-13, he scored 15 goals, but that was just in 44 games. Up next, it's the godfather of Pittsburgh sports. It's Dan Saverin here on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Double M, what's going on? He's a gangster. Yes, I need your advice, super genius. You're an ass, you're an ass, you're an ass. at 105.9. Joining me now, he is the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media. From ESPN Radio Pittsburgh and from AT&T Sportsnet on the television, it's Stan Saverin. Stan, we had Matt Cullen on the program earlier. What does he add to the Penguins, or rather, bring back? Uh, Don't they have enough centers? Doesn't Riley Shan do Cullen's job currently?
3: He does. Uh, I think he does bring back intangibles, although I don't think that a lack of those hockey intangibles are the reasons that they didn't get past the second round. Uh, Washington, that series, was better than they were. They may not have been a better team, but they played better. That's the way playoffs work. Uh, it does seem to create a glut uh, of people who do a lot of the same things. I think one of the things that uh, the coaching staff is going to have to determine Which of those guys, and I'm talking about Cullen, Sheehan, or Broussard, would be better switching to left wing? Um, Which of the three, the the separation between their abilities as centermen, I don't think there's any dispute there, but not all four can play. All five can play. So which of those three is better suited to the wing? Um, I know Culley did that a bit when he was here. I know he's played a fair amount of that throughout his career, although most of the time he played center. Shea and played there some. I don't know about Broussard's ability. So if Derek Broussard is still here, Mark, my guess would be that Matt Cullen for now would be your fourth line left winger.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what it sounded like they had talked to him about today when he was on the program. Uh, Do you agree with that notion that that would be a good idea? I mean, Of the centers, who would be the best fit for left wing? And as opposed to Cullen on the fourth line Stan? what about Broussard somewhere at
3: wing in the top six? Well, again, I think you have to go back and first answer the question before you're worried about who plays with whom. You have to answer the question, which of those three guys um, is better suited to play the wing? I think we could all agree that all three are better as centers. I
0: think Cullen's probably the guy who's done it the most.
3: Yeah. Um, and so there, I think you start with your determination there, um, and then you start making your adjustments. Of course, you know, we're also, we shouldn't preclude the possibility that someone may go uh, before the start of camp, or certainly the roster is going to change from now until March the 1st. Uh, but, you know, maybe Broussard uh, would be on the market. Maybe Haglin will be on the market. I hope not. But, I mean, the point is, if you determine that Cullen is the guy most suited to play wing, Although we all agree he's better at center, then you can start making your configurations. Uh, I'm going to assume if everything stays the same, that Haglund stays up there with Malkin and Kessel. I think that's imperative. Um, I, you know, I don't know if, if Broussard can play up there. Cullen could. But I also know that Haglund brings something that that line with Malkin and Kessel doesn't, and that's someone's got to get the puck. And it's not going to be either of those two.
0: Well, if indeed. Uh... Uh, Mike Sullivan wants to play Kessel with Malkin, which he's resisted in the past, Dan. I were to call him for tomorrow's trip where I'm trying to figure out line combinations, and I literally can't. Without yeah. getting inside Sullivan's head and Rutherford's head, I can't because there's just too many variables. And I agree with you. It would not shock me to see Broussard move because they have a legitimate first, second, third, and fourth line center, and he has not seemed like a good fit so far, has he?
3: No, he hasn't. Uh, but, you know, again, always in the back of my mind, we know that Broussard has been a good player in this league. He's been a good playoff performer this last playoff notwithstanding. We do know that he was injured. Uh, he's got a track record. He's got pedigree um, as a center, as a top-two center. But I also, I've always believed this, and I, I want your opinion on this. When we talk about third lines, I think you've got to differentiate between what a third line is on some teams versus what a third line is on this team. The third line, it's not, you know, going back to the old days um, where a third line was just supposed to play defense and, you know, create some momentum and, you know, score an occasional goal the personnel that this team has, that third line could be an offensive weapon. Maybe not as good as the top two, but still better than most third lines. Uh, so I don't know that you say, well, Broussard isn't capable of playing third line center. I think third line center here is different than the common definition that we normally get.
0: Stan, I totally agree, but, but the difference is if Kessel's on the third line, then I don't think Broussard has to adjust at all. If uh, Kessel's on the line with Malkin, then Broussard is in a more traditional third-line role, and I think that requires uh, more adjustment on Broussard's part.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that. The question is, if you want to do that, you have a couple of options. Um, does Sprong then move up with, uh, with Malkin? Uh, do we even go so far as to put Sprong up with Sid and Gensel and then drop Hornquist back to the second or third right wing. Uh, Hornquist can play anywhere, as we know. He does the same thing no matter who he plays with. It also seems to me one of the things that you've done by adding Matt Cullen, and I don't think it's a bad thing, but you've probably cost a younger player a position. Now, if it's Dominic Simone, I don't care. But they said, not me, not you, but both Sullivan and primarily Rutherford said that Sprong and Aston Reese are going to be a part of this team. Well, where do they fit now with Matt Cullen back in the mix?
0: We're talking to Stan Saverin. He's brought to you by the law firm of Shenderovich and Fishman. Uh, Stan, I think Sprong and or Aston Reese and maybe both are going to get screwed.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I think at least one. Uh, and, and Look, we all know that... You know, well, Sprong
0: have- has to clear waivers to go down, so he's not going to go down.
3: Exactly. Um, and I'm sure Aston Reese, the injury won't prevent him, but you have to, what, what do you want out of Zach Aston Reese? I mean, do you want him to be that, not agitator, but that guy who brings some physicality? Um, is he best served, uh, on the fourth line? Is it possible that he could be a fourth line left winger for Malkin and Kessel, if that's the way it plays out? Uh, again, they're not going to expose, uh, uh Sprong to waivers. There's no chance of that happening. So, I mean, I think right now Simone is the odd guy out, and you're right. It could be Zach Gaston reese but you know what? He'd be back up before long. Something's going to happen. It always does.
0: Uh, what do the Penguins still need, Stan? With that little bit of depth added, uh, with Johnson on defense and Cullen up front, I think the Penguins might again be the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. We're talking about line combinations. Having too much talent's a good problem to have, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it really is, and we know you know guys get hurt and you know things happen. Um, that was my next question. Let's assume for a moment that you do want to dangle Broussard out in the trade. He'd bring you a pretty good return. But the question then becomes, what exactly is it they're looking for? Are they looking for a Jeff Skinner, a guy who we know can score, undersized, but certainly plays into the narrative? Um, it would seem that they would not be in the market for a defense. If, if we're talking about Broussard being dangled out there, exactly what is it that they'd be looking for? Stan, I'll
0: tell you a trade I'd consider, and I'm just you know making stuff up here because there's been some vague rumor about about the Penguins being interested in Pacioretty, who has one year left on his Montreal deal. Montreal's bereft of centers. If Pacioretty's health checks out, I'd trade Broussard for
3: Pacioretty. How about you? My problem is that Patriot is, what, 36, 37? Well, he has one year left on his deal, though, period. Well, I'm sure that, you know, again, if the mantra uh, is all in to win a cup. No, Stan, he's
0: only 29.
3: Who am I? Who was I thinking that? um, Somebody who's older,
0: you were thinking of.
3: Okay. Uh (laughs) No, he's 29, and he plays left wing, which is what they need. yeah. And you know, listen. Just the fact of getting him so he won't have to play against the Penguins would be worse. <laughs> yeah, he, he does good against the Penguins, doesn't he? He kills them. Uh, he kills them. Um, he's almost as bad as Travis Zajac uh, in, in that regard. Well, if that's the case, um, I would consider that. I don't know about the dollars, uh, but um, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I was under the impression that Pat uh was uh, was older. Um, he's a, a, been a captain. Um, I would definitely consider that, although I will say this. So you can't have everybody, but I don't think we saw the real Derek Broussard. I saw enough of Derek Broussard in Columbus and with the Rangers, not so much Ottawa, but those two teams, and he's only, what, 28, 29. Well,
0: yeah, and I'm not trying to run Brassard out of town either, Stan. I just think that uh, they need a winger more than they need a center. Now, they officially signed Jack Johnson. Would you use Johnson with Schultz in the second pair or with Alexiak in the third pair?
3: I would use him with Alexiak, um, and and the reason I say that, um, and you, uh, look, you could move Mata there. Alexiak, Alexiak stays on the right side no matter what, but it's fine. He says he's more comfortable there. Um, I I really like the pair of Ole Mata and Justin Schultz. I often think that Ole Mata is swept under the rug, he's run over. He's become a speed bump for some of these fans. Um, I think that he's back playing as well or better than he did when he was a rookie. I do think, and we've had this conversation before, that his issue with speed was, in my opinion, and some knowledge, uh, was directly related to the thyroid issues that he had. I mean, I think he played at a much higher rate. I mean, he's never going to be Paul Coffey, get that. But I think he's very solid. I think he's a good counterbalance for what Schultz likes to do. Um, I don't know that Johnson would be necessarily. He might. Uh, but for right now, I, I'm not going to mess with the tried and true. Uh, I'm going to leave that alone for the time being, until, at least until I see otherwise.
0: Uh, who gained the most at NHL free agency, stand? And is John Tavares necessarily the magic bullet Toronto's looking for?
3: I don't think that was Toronto's biggest need. Look, anytime you you anytime you uh, add a potential it's early potential Hall of Famer um, and a guy um, who's going to score goals for you, but you know that wasn't their biggest problem, was it? Um, I, I think they have to look at their goaltending. And look, and I don't mean to disparage this guy because he did really yeoman's work for the Penguins in the 17 playoffs. But when you have to add Ron Hainsey, God bless him, at his age, and he becomes one of your top four D-men, I'm sorry, you've got bigger issues. than Top four, Stan. Try top two. Okay. All right. Um, I don't know. They count differently in Canada. They use that metric system. Uh, But but I I, – uh, look, not that getting John Tavares isn't a good ad, because why? They gave up nothing to get him, because it was a free agency right. deal. And he's a hometown guy, and that's always very popular anywhere, but especially uh, up in Toronto, Montreal, anywhere in Canada, really. Um, and, I look, we all thought that, uh, you know, they were going to, within a period of time, after not making the playoffs, with Babcock and Lamorello, it wouldn't take that long. Well, Lamorello's gone. Babcock's a hell of a coach, but I don't know that adding John Tavares... Already, uh, makes them even a top four favorite in the Eastern Conference. I don't.
0: Stan, uh, one last thing about the Pirates: they lost seventeen to one last night, made a bunch of errors in the first inning. It was a bad look for the Bucks. Uh, they're only four games under five hundred, but they started out twenty six and seventeen, so they've been real bad—like thirty three percent wins. Uh, you know, for the last uh, you know couple months. Does it seem like things are falling apart, or am I overreacting?
3: No, you know what? They've they've fallen apart from when they were nine games over, but that was an aberration. Um, They were never that good. Um, I predicted they would win 78 games. At the exact midway point, they had won 39. Two times 39, even in Canada, is 78. This is what they are. Um, What you saw when they were 26 and 17, that's not really what they are. I don't think they're the team that is playing at a 330 clip. I think they're better than that. But I think, you know, four games under, you know, whatever it happens to be at this point, that's what they are. When you see a team one day get a good starting performance from a pitcher, the next day not. When one day they score eight runs, the next day they score none. When one day they commit three errors, the next day none. When one day the bullpen gets blasted, then the next day they pitch four scoreless. What do you get? You get a team that's four games under five hundred. This is what they are. My only consideration is that to me, and I, they'll never admit it. They've got to within the next couple of weeks by the All Star break make a decision. They're not going anywhere. I know they're only six and a, I say only six and a half out of the second wild card. That's an eternity when you got to climb over five, six teams. They've got to decide what they are, where they're going, if anywhere. And all right, Kingham had a horrible night last night. He made errors, but we've also he should not lose his spot in the rotation. Find out about this guy. I would rather see, and Nova's pitched well recently, I would rather see him in there than Nova. I did not like demoting Jose Asuna. I think the guy's a player. I think they've got to start considering trading Jordy Mercer. Nothing against him. He's a very solid guy. But he's going to be a free agent. They drafted Kevin Newman number one. He's hitting over 300 in Indy. Time to find out. Let him get a half year of major league experience. I don't want to see the younger guys pushed around, or shoved down because they had a bad game. Young players in any sport, it's not a matter of if they're going to make mistakes, it's when. That's what they do. So this is how you find out. They're not going anywhere. There is no pennant race. There's no wild card race in Pittsburgh. Stan, great
0: stuff as always. We'll see you Thursday on your program. Enjoy the holiday. All right, Mark. Have a happy July 4th. That's Stan Saverin. England and Columbia are in a shootout. Penalty kicks. England has lost six times in major competitions since 1990 in penalty kicks. In fact, their manager, Gareth Southgate, had the kick that missed that eliminated them. I think it was back in the 1990 World Cup. We'll be back with the result and Bob McLaughlin, 105.9 X. Finishing his checks, causing a constant commotion. Hey, Mr. Brand, how you doing? Sometimes I'm so damn dumb, I wouldn't take a phone call from me. The X at 105.9. England win in penalties. They advance the quarterfinals of the World Cup. England had lost six straight times in penalties in the World Cup in the European Championship, so that's a big obstacle to get over. Their manager, Gareth Southgate, missed the kick in Euro 96 that knocked them out of the competition, but England have gone through. Joining me now is Bob McLaughlin. He's brought to 84 Lumber. Bob, nothing like the tension of a uh, World Cup penalty shootout, is there?
1: Unbelievable. I mean, uh, I know you've been talking about it for years while I've been sitting here, but uh, I'm hooked. That That was cool. I'm glad England won.
0: It wasn't a great game. They beat the crap out of each other physically.
1: <laughs> I couldn't make heads or tails of it. I don't know soccer that well, except for twelve-year-old girls' soccer because my daughter plays. But that well, was—I
0: would bet your daughter never played Prison Rules. It was insane. Like, like they contested <laughs> today with Colombia and England.
1: I like Prison Rules. That—that's very appropriate for this one. That was nasty. I mean, Mark, I was wait. There was so much diving there. I was waiting to see the triple Lindy at some point during the game, and then when they dive. They are selling it whole hog, aren't they?
0: (laughs) Well, not the English guy so much. That's, That's not quite the same culture. I'm just glad England won because they trailed at one point. Jordan Henderson missed the PK for England. He's Liverpool's captain. Oh, okay. So I certainly didn't want to see Hendo... Go down as the goat, but well done to England. Well, that put, Colombian
1: guy, they find that head in a mailbox before Friday, don't they? Well, oh,
0: the next time there's a PK shootout, they'll be using his head for it. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh we had we had Matt Cullett on today. If if you missed that interview, we'll be replaying it on Thursday uh later in the program. And he really intimated that they're gonna use him at Wing, didn't they?
1: Yeah, absolutely no surprise. Uh when you brought that question on, Mark, he actually seemed kind of prepared for it and said, that's what we discussed, and I'm okay with that. If he's fourth-line wing, um, you know, that frees some other people up, but it also puts some other people into question marks. You know, Sprong, if you're going to move people around like that, he's not going to be center. You've got a real log jam at both right and left wing now. So also, you're talking about the patch already possibility. Um that's one answer to the question to get one of the centers out or, of there. Or
0: then again, maybe they just want the five centers so if a center gets hurt, it's not a disaster.
1: Yeah, good point. I'm
0: not dismissing that possibility either.
1: Good. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about the Swiss Army you know, players that they're going to need to move up and down the line and possibly from side to side. Uh, Matt Cullen maybe does that better than anybody but Rust, right? Or do you think Cullen does it just as well? No, only Cullen, has-
0: Cullen's better at the Swiss Army thing than Rust. Because Cullen literally can play all three, four positions well, whereas Rusty can't play center at all, and I don't like him at left wing.
1: Yeah, you, yeah,
0: I, I know that. I mean, he does his best, but he just he has trouble, and it's the weakness of guys who don't play the off wing frequently. But he can't but, take that puck off the boards coming up the rink.
1: But doesn't I know you don't like it, but doesn't it seem like that is in the mix?
0: For yeah, but the, but they're wrong if they think it should be in the mix. I mean, to be blunt. He's just not very good at it, but I also understand he—they don't want it to be a three point five million dollar fourth line right wing either.
1: Right. Oh no, good point. Well,
0: Bob, what do you see? And, and and this is by way of shameless plugging, but I wrote a column for the trip for tomorrow. It's the July Fourth hockey spectacular in the trip. And might I add, I'm enjoying talking about hockey in July on this program and writing about it in the trip because that's what I care about. If people don't like it, they can you know go listen to whatever. I don't. I, I'm long since past caring, but. I try to put line combinations together, and every time you move somebody where you think <laughs> right. it makes sense, it knocks somebody else out. Like, like there's a very real possibility Aston Reese will start the season in the minors, and Sprong will start the season in the press box. I can easily see that happening.
1: Oh boy, and you would have to think that is a mistake, also, right?
0: I don't I mean, know. If you think? I don't know. I mean, it, it oh, depends. oh, I'd like I mean, to see
1: what Zach Aston Reese can do right off the bat. In place of who? Um, I don't know. Maybe top six left okay, wing. Okay,
0: let, let's just let's just throw lines together. And not worry about who's playing with who. Okay, Crosby, Hornquist, and Gensel. Right. Uh, Malkin, Kessel, and Haglin. Haglin. Okay, Broussard, Rust,
1: Rust on the left.
0: Rust on the right. I, I'm not. I'm not saying where they're going to play. I'm just saying who plays. Oh, then
1: Zach Aston Reese. And
0: Aston Reese. Then the fourth line. Let's say Cullen, Shane. Shane. And Sprong, okay, then you, then Simone's not in the lineup. Right. And there's somebody else we're forgetting, too.
1: And Stan's okay with that, though.
0: <laughs> well, well, right, exactly. Well,
1: also, I mean, if there's one thing I've heard a number of times over the last couple of weeks, months, it's that Sprong is not a fourth-line player. He's not a bottom, or he's not, he has to be a top-six player for him to do what well, he right, wants but, to do.
0: But nor is uh, Brian Ross at 3.5 million.
1: Right, but then who gets more weight? their situation to their scenario i would think it would be sprung
0: well here's something else scary too bob who Sid want to play right on his right wing
1: not hornquist
0: right and kessel never plays there rusty doesn't have the touch but he has played there right what if he wants simone
1: then a lot of people won't be happy including stan savern including me
0: <laughs> but but i'm just saying it's 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 Tough to figure out who's going to go where, really is. Uh, One thing that it's worth asking, though, are the Penguins better now for having added Johnson and Cullen through free agency? Because I think they are. I think they're a better team now than they were before they made those signings and lost guys like Carter Rowdy or whoever.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, only because we know now how it ended last year and how some people didn't pan out, and also because of the same position flexibility that we just talked about to start the segment. That's always going to help. You're always going to have injuries. And remember, I I know that we're not counting on this team being the exact team that finishes the season or goes into the playoffs next year, but yeah, right now I think it is better than the one we ended the season with last year.
0: What's your take on uh, DeMarcus Cousins signing – with uh golden state Uh, i know you're not a basketball buff necessarily nor am i i think it ruins the league
1: yeah but i'm enough of a sports guy to realize that that's damaging the league that you've got a champion who you know for all intents and purposes you might as well crown him again right now barring an injury or two along the way next season but um just that you're seeing all of this scuttlebutt you know pittsburgh doesn't pay attention to the nba that much you've addressed that already but you're hearing it everywhere I was running around this morning. I got a you know, a text from my brother who said, what do you think this does to the NBA? And I wasn't even aware of it at first. And I thought, holy cow, how many people are talking about the NBA right now? And it has been creeping into the show for the last five days, you know, yeah, two that's weeks. how
0: stupid it is. <laughs> I know. It's not complimentary by any means. That's Bob McGaughley's bunch of 84 Lumber. In just 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you how much I hate doing the show this time of year, which I'd be the first to acknowledge Uh, doesn't exactly make you want to listen to the show. But, you know, it's only an hour left, and then we have holidays, so let's just get this hour over with and call and talk about what you like. But if you like music, you want to be listening at 5.30, my guest is going to be Jake Kiska from Greta Van Fleet. They're at uh, Stage AE on July 18th, two weeks from tomorrow, and they're just fabulous. I hope I don't fawn over the kid too much because he's keeping music the way I like it Alive. And what a great band they are. Randy Bauman doesn't like them. He likes the Clarks. Nuff said. 1059.